0: Oh my,
1: look at that fish! Everybody, welcome to the Smalley Talk podcast. This is your host, Chris Vaughn. Uh, on the line here, I've got... Uh, The Kalamazoo River Guide. Stop. The Kalamazoo River Guide, John Lee. John, what's going on? Oh, not too much, man. Just, uh, just, just taking these days as they come at me, you know. Um, Hey, twenty twenty. You know, it just keeps coming. It just doesn't seem to want to stop.
0: (laughs) I don't. I don't know. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So John John's a professional guide um, on the Kalamazoo. And do you guide any any other rivers up there?
0: Um,
1: yeah, I spent some time on the, the, the PM
0: and then quite a bit quite a bit of time abroad, uh, ten years working for different lodges and outfitters um, through the West, Pacific Northwest, Alaska. Okay uh the marshes
1: and then uh the uh everglades southwest florida area yeah and you did that over the winter right so you kind of guide down in florida um through the winter months yeah that's a pretty cool i mean that's a pretty cool thing i mean because you know i know michigan has a 365 day fishing season now right but uh You probably don't get a lot of clients that want to go chuck streamers in, uh, and try and dredge for smallmouth in, uh, 35 degree water when it's negative 10 outside in Michigan. So, uh, yeah, yeah. they can keep that. (laughs) They can keep it. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you, I saw that you maybe did some, uh, some guiding up in like on the lake too this year, didn't you? Didn't you, uh kind of do some flats fishing?
0: Yeah, Yeah, so I I take a week or two, uh, depending on how it's booked up and everything, and do the northern flats of the wilderness state park for this same deal. Carp, bass, northern, the occasional muskie, that kind of stuff, got absolutely crushed by the, uh, the crystal ball run that came through. Oh, yeah. Um, brutal. Uh. Absolutely brutal. And uh, it, it was what it was.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, pretty cool. I mean, you're kind of doing your thing. I mean, I think the, the thing in Florida, I mean, you just, you're probably spending how many days on the water per year, do you think?
0: Uh, well, this year... um. Well, this past season, including the
1: winter, I had a little over 300 days on the water. Unbelievable. I mean, that's a crazy number. I mean, when you think about, like, me, I'm a hobbyist. So, I mean, I fish on weekends, and then I get out, like, one night through the week, generally. So, like, you know, if you add all that up, it's a depressingly low number, you know, of days that I actually spend on the water. Uh, So, 300 plus... I mean, there are sixty-five days out of the year that I look outside and think there's no way I want to be out there. So, pretty much when those days aren't happening, you're fishing. That's pretty awesome.
0: That's that's exactly it. You know, I had a big run uh, in Florida, and you know, Corey and I had talked about it about not running myself completely ragged, and I ended up doing something like. 118 days in a row, uh, in Florida, wow. just gas after that, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, I could imagine, I mean, that's a lot of early mornings, uh, a lot of bad fly casters, I'm sure, and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of windburn, so, but pretty awesome stuff, I mean, you're living, uh, you're living a, a pretty uh, privileged life, I think, to be able to do what you do. It's hard work, but, you know, somebody's got to do it. So, uh, but anyways, so <laughs> the reason that I wanted to have you on is uh, we met through, I think, through fe- Facebook maybe or something like that a few years ago. Um, and I went out with yep. you on a trip. Um, you're the only mm-hmm. smallmouth guide I've ever, I've ever booked. Um, we went out and did a day on the, on the very section of water that I'm having you on to discuss. Um, you know, I think, you know, it was maybe a month and a half ago or something. I noticed a post that you made about how you were, the river is in terrible condition and I'm not even going to be fishing. And, um, so why don't you kind of give us an overview of the Kalamazoo, uh and then kind of describe really uh you know well by overview i mean kind of break it down cuz i know that there are impoundments on it and then there are you know there's an upstream section middle section and the lower i'm sure so kind of walk us through the the uh topography of your river and kind of describe for us what's going on up there right now
0: yeah so it's uh bigger Freestone stone river that flows all the way from Albion to Saugatuck, um, uh, almost the entire uh, width of the lower peninsula, Um, essentially from Detroit to Lake Michigan. So it's massive. I didn't realize it started Um,
1: all the way by Detroit. That's crazy. So it runs all the way from the east to the west. jeez. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a it's a big fishery. Um, uh, Once you get over there towards the headwaters, it gets a lot lot smaller um, via the north and the south branch, and then they eventually meet up. And from there, the upper section flows through Battle Creek, and then on down towards. Galesburg, Augusta, and then you have a place called Comstock. And that's the, that's the stop and starting point. So that's at the end of the upper section and the beginning of the middle section of the river. Uh, and that flows all the way to uh, Lake Elegant, and is about 50 miles of river. And that's the section I treat the guided. Okay. Uh now because of the lower dam not having any sort of uh fish ladder or any sort of practices for the migratory species, I don't have any steelhead, they don't have any salmon. This is this strictly a a, a bass fish. Oh wow, okay. So I don't have to deal with any of the crowds or, or or any of that stuff. You know, I I basically have the place to myself, mm-hmm. uh, limited access, and quite frankly, bad reputation have left this place off of anybody's radar. I, I mean, you know, it's. At one point in time, one of the biggest U.S. Fish today, uh the biggest inland oil spill, is it's all home right there on the Kalamazoo. You know, you, you're going to Google the Kalamazoo River, you're going to read a dozen bad things before you actually come across anything about fishing. Wow. Uh, limited access on that. So as of last year, from Albion to Saugatuck, of the river sits on private property. Hmm. So you you don't really have much in the way of good waiting opportunities unless you got a boat and know when and
1: where to go. Yeah. You're you're not doing it. Right. So it's just kind of a a forgotten little paradise for yourself, I guess, you know, it's a, You know, it's like it's like the Have you ever read like about the demilitarized zone on the 38th parallel in Korea, you know, that's like so heavily militarized that there's no, you know, no civilization there. So that's actually growing its own, you know, pretty lush ecosystem. And they're finding animals that they thought were extinct and, you know, plant life is flourishing and all that kind of stuff. It sounds like you got almost the same type of situation in this middle stretch of river where. You know, it's been the site of a few natural and, and man-made disasters. There's limited access, uh, and you've got a pretty fantastic bass fishery brewing there because I mean I fished it, so I know I know what it's like. I mean, it's it's a pretty good you know stretch of river for for river smallmouth. So um, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty cool. And do you have yeah. trout on that section of water at all? What's that? Do you have trout on that section of water?
0: So occasionally, occasionally, there's actually two cold water creeks that are stocked with brown trout, uh, eventually make their way into the main section of the Kelmester River. Now, in the very, very early spring days, um, the water is still cooling off. Uh, we do have trout drop out of those. Okay. And we'll hunt the main section of the the river. And just by happen, I run into them occasionally fishing for bass, you know. Right. Um, But as the water warms up, they they push back up in their cold water
1: tributaries and spend the rest of the time there. I imagine because one of the reasons that it I mean, you've got, as you said, Comstock, and there's a dam there, right? That's the Comstock Dam. That's the that's kind of going to be the subject yep. of our conversation. But, and then at the bottom yep. end, there's what there's a lake. Is that Kalamazoo Lake, or what is that? It's Lake Allegan. Okay, Allegan. That's what it is. Okay, okay. Yep, lake, lake Allegan. And then below that is considered like the lower section, which goes all the way to Lake Michigan. Correct. That's it. Yep. Okay. All right. So so let's talk about what's um, you know, you so you guide on that middle section there and you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of a I mean it's it's a you know, it's a warm water fishery. I mean it's uh which means that it maybe doesn't have like as we discussed, it doesn't really have the eyes of the sport fishing industry or the um you know, because because up there, you know, salmon and steelhead and stuff is kind of the money game, right? So, um, so there's a the dam at Comstock is ran by uh, by whom? Eagle Creek Renewable Energy. Okay. All right, and that traps uh, all the, you know, all the lake water and underneath, and it, it produces hydroelectricity for I'm assuming the surrounding area, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a fully functioning hydro. Okay. And, uh, what, what caused, uh, cause they're, they're essentially they lowered the level of the lake, right. To perform some sort of a repair on the dam. Is that what's going on? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. They, they didn't, they did an emergency drawdown. Okay. Um, that was unregulated. Um, it, you know, essentially, all of the rules set in place for draw down were broke. Hmm. Um, so they uh, they drew the water down and kept the water down. Um, so since uh, last last November.
1: Okay. Um, and what's what? And I mean, what? How yeah. far did they lower the? How far did they lower the dam or the water of the, the lake? Thirteen feet. Holy cow. Huh.
0: Drained okay. it. Absolutely drained it. The only thing left is actually the uh, the main main river channel.
1: I'm That's sure. It. Yeah. So there's probably a significant fish kill in the lake itself, right?
0: No, no, no. They blew through the dam.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: They they so they opened up the spillway gate from the bottom. Huh. And I it's it's absolutely incredible. it's it's incredible the amount of fish right now. Um I mean I'm talking like it's so up above the dam is where I did all my pulling for, for cart,
1: right? Yeah.
0: And the carp was so thick all throughout like say the first four or five miles of river, you couldn't strip a streamer without throwing a hook into the side of it. Oh my gosh. It was it was absolutely incredible. I mean and this was this was I mean I'm talking you know, fifteen, twenty times a trip. Hmm. You're you throwing into the backs of carp. You're just running into it. I mean, everything that was above the dam flushed through and is now in the middle section of the river.
1: Yeah, which uh, you know, it's 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 a great. I mean, I think it's probably a net positive that there wasn't a fish kill when they drew down the lake. But certainly, it's got to have it's got to have a pretty substantial impact on that section of river to now be completely overpopulated with fish. I mean, there's only so much, you know, in the way of filters, you know, food for filter feeders and stuff like that. I mean, it's, you know, nesting areas and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's a, you know, pretty significant impact in and of itself. Um, but you know, when the drawdown happens, um, I guess, and there's only just a channel of the river left. Uh, I think what what you're seeing now is kind of like a sludge being being flushed through the dam. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. This this silt that's been accumulating um, above the dam is now completely blown through, and it has since made it all the way to Saginaw to Lake Michigan. Um, the turbidity of the water is, is incredible. Uh, Into visibility, maybe. Wow. And it's continuous. Uh, it, it'll be worse tomorrow. Uh, it's continued on. And, you know, I saw this happening and
1: started, started raising hell about it. So when did you first, when did you first notice it? I mean, when, um, like when, when. June 2nd. I noticed it June 2nd. Okay. And had you been out on the river before June 2nd?
0: I had. Yeah. Yeah, I had. And, uh, it was, it was off. The water was off, but nothing I couldn't work around. Yeah. You know, um. and then we got that massive push of rain. Massive, massive push of rain. Five, six straight days of the rain And the water finally came back down. It's looked like this ever since. Yeah. Um this just blowing pure mud. And So Until the dam's repaired uh, and the gates operational, it's going to continue to get
1: worse and worse and worse. Right. So when you first when you first so, noticed it, who did you? I mean, I mean, I, don't, I guess that's one thing. Like, I wanted kind of the listeners to at least be able to hear is like if something like this happened. I mean, I almost wouldn't even really know who to turn to other than just maybe like the department of environmental management and the department of natural resources mm-hmm. in Indiana. But I mean, there's really, that's a, that's a bureaucratic nightmare and I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's the same way in, in Michigan. So what are the steps that you kind of took to both raise awareness and to make sure that the, the ball was rolling on the, you know, um, you know, on getting people moving, I guess.
0: So, um, the main news outlets were big. Okay. And the, you know, the original, the very first one, the Wood TVA thing, um, it was it was it was good. It was it got the word going. I, they took the story and turned it into a uh, fishing guide. Losing business and and an angler not being able to catch any fish. that's where they took that story. and although it's it's a part of the picture, it's not the big the big picture you know the the big picture is the environmental this, you know sure um, I mean, you so know that would that would eventually we got there, you know, eventually with talking with other news outlets and, uh, the more and more interviews that we did, um, you know, we were able to put our two cents into it and be like, Listen, you, know, you know take the fishing aspect out of it because this has got to be more relatable to, um, uh, to, to everybody, to the community, sure. right. you know, um, I'm in it for the guiding and for the fishing and to to share that experience, to provide that experience to people. Um, you know, it's, it's it's different for everybody.
1: Sure. So, um, so, um, you so you you would thing, say the thing, at the beginning of this thing one of the more important phone calls and one of the more important things that you're able to do to kind of get the word out was involving local media. Um, and I'm assuming, mm-hmm. you, did you file a complaint with like the EPA and the Michigan department of natural resources? Um, did you, did you file a complaint? Did you retain an attorney? I mean, how did you kind of go about and, and what kind of things did you have success doing, you know, to get, governmental actors involved?
0: So it was, uh, that one was simple. They they reached out to me. Oh, wow. Um, They were, uh, the Department of Natural Resources, uh, got right on board immediately. Um, now through this whole drawdown, they were supposed to be regulated. And if there were, and if they saw any environmental impact being done due to this drawdown,
1: they were supposed to stop it. They had absolutely no idea what was going on. Well, they were probably making sure that everybody had a fishing license, John. What do you want them to do? You know, protect protect you know, the waterways. And, and, what, <laughs> and to, be, to be
0: totally honest with you, they were so far. I mean, if you could, I mean, if, if you could even see part of the bureaucratic nightmare I've had to wade through. I mean, try getting a hard yes or a hard no from somebody.
1: All right. I can only imagine, you
0: know, man. The, the DNR came forward and said, listen, we messed up. We were supposed to be doing our job. We weren't. We're here now. So let's work really, really hard to make this right. And if there is, Accountability that needs to be he held up on our end at the end. Let's save it till the end. Yeah, and, and let us let us let us do our jobs now. That that they're involved, you know. Good. And so I got the contact for uh, e- Eagle, which which is formally the DEQ, and. The Department of Natural Resources, I had names and numbers for those, and then it was reaching out and gathering the public weight. It was every single one of my fishing clients on the books. I need you to write in. I need you to call it, And I need you to do it every single day. And you can't stop. Please, don't stop. And that turned into the Department of Natural Resources. And for the sake of this conversation, since there's two eagles, Eagle Creek Renewable Energy, and the, the, formerly the DEQ, we'll we'll just go with DEQ, um, and and renewed, renewed, renewed their contact with the owners of the dam. Now, previously they had lost all contact. Hmm. They
1: had no idea. They had no idea what was going on either. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's something else. I mean, what about like the Army Corps of Engineers? Were they involved at all? No, no, no.
0: Actually, you know what? Uh, the Gallon Lake Watershed
1: had no idea what was going on either. Yeah. Well, that that's probably like a quarterly board or something, right? Like the. I mean, they don't They don't meet regularly, right? Every week. Oh, my. Well, I it's mean... Been, it's, been,
0: it's been bad. It's been... Uh, it's been... You know, be careful. Be careful where
1: you donate your money to. Yeah, right. I imagine. I mean, it, it truly is... It, it should be a learning point, and there really should be, whether it's you as a private citizen um, whether it's the attorneys that are ultimately retained to to delve into all of this or whomever uh someone should really kind of start uh like a like almost like a survival guide or like a you know like uh 10 tips or like a you know you know almost like a, a reporting a natural disaster for dummies type book and just kind of, you know, start like a, a smart book in case uh fly fishermen or guides around the country have something like this happen to their waterway. You know, they'll at least know the people to turn to, um, you know, who are, who are the real action people who can, who can affect change because, you know, I think a big part of this has probably been you just sort of, sticking your arms out and walking in the dark until you bump into something, you know? Um, Yeah, I made made the comment at the uh, the meeting I just
0: had with uh, another board. Uh, I feel like I'm walking
1: around in a great big dark room with one of those uh, shitty keychain flashlights. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, it honestly sounds like that. You need to... You need to take note of this, though, and, and record the steps that you're that you're taking and and, you know, whether you publish it on, you know, uh, wherever you publish it, even if it's to your own website or to whatever, or just keep it. And if you see somebody on on social media complaining about something that you think that, you know, you could help them with, I mean, I you know, you should you should take the take the time to remember all the steps that you're, that you're walking through. Um, cause it's, it's important. And I think that if there was, if people had a starting point in the future, they may be able to skip three, four, five weeks of, you know, sending a letter and waiting for one to come back that says, Oh, you need to be talking to this person or whatever. Um, but, uh, a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of
0: that. And then, you know, a big part of it honestly was, when that actually came up, you know, firing back the hard, the, the, the hard responses, that's not good enough. Right. You know, you've got to do better than that. And, that worked. Um, you know, it was, you know, riding that fine line between, you know, being concerned and wanting to be proactive, being active in the, and getting the state prepared and try not to be a
1: dick, <laughs> right? Generally I mean, speaking, yeah, because generally speaking, people don't want to work. People yeah, don't want to work with or help a dick, right? Uh, but at exactly, the same time, yeah. but at the same time, you got to be firm because they'll, you know, bureaucrats have a way of sending you away without getting your question answered, and just. You know, giving you good faith that it's being worked on, you know, and then you call two months later and they have no idea what you're talking about. So, um, yeah. you know, so where where are you guys, you know, who are the main action people that you're finding success with now that are, that seem like they're, you know, because I know you're in the middle of it now, but who are the people that you feel like are the, are the real, uh, you know, everybody sits up and listens type people that are influencing this thing now?
0: So there's a gentleman, um, uh, his name's Matt Diana, and he works the Department of Natural Resources. Um, he is absolutely gone above and beyond. You know, he's taking calls and he is forwarding information and sitting down at the table. Um, so every time I have somebody pull him and voice their concerns wanna know what's going on. That stuff is all documented. Mm-hmm. And that stuff's brought to the table when they sit down with uh, Eagle, you know, formerly the DEQ, and then Eagle Creek Renewable Energy. And Eagle has the power and and has, you know, dropped the hammer down on the, the damn company. They've been cited for their violations. They were given a time frame to respond and a, and, and a time frame to uh, to uh, put put those uh, put those uh, those fixes into place. Gotcha. So uh, it was big. It was a huge. It was a huge. Uh, it was a. It was a. A good step down a very long path. Yeah.
1: I'm not stopping until I get a ton of Yeah, I mean it's almost like a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Now have has the company that runs the dam there, have they modified their behavior at all? Or is it the type of thing where they just kinda we're kind of in this now yeah. and we gotta, you know, wait until November or what what's what's what are the the uh qualitative steps that have been taken, I guess, um, to to modify their behavior. So they've, they've uh, been very long list of violations
0: that were cited. Um, you know, the uh, sediment containment, this, this silt that's been pushing down, uh, that actually goes into place that we... Um, now mind you, before the drawdown even happened, they were supposed to be in place in case this did happen. Um, poor sediment samples, uh, reseeding, things like that. Um, if you could see this place, it is absolutely trash. Right. So they have to have a, well, yeah, all of the, the backwater areas are in sediment and then it's it's like several feet of the block. so all the important spawning habitat is, is is not trashed it's gone it's dry it's
1: completely gone dry it's completely filled with right so do their citations the Ooh. things that they were sort of cited for um in <laughs> which they were in violation i mean are these things where they have to pay remedies to someone like the Kalamazoo watershed are they things where they're going to have to hire people to come out and do, you know, riverbed renovation, I guess, for lack of a better terminology, or are they going to, you know, are they going to have to come out and, um, sort of clean up the mess, I guess, or is that something that you're still working through? Oh, no, that's, that's on them as well. Um, to mitigate what uh, the damage has been done right and that's it's, uh, it's all it's all it's all in there oh good okay and and who was the who was the governing body was that you said Eagle was the the governing body that sort of um forced those citations and forced the remedies and all that kind of stuff is that or is it the department of Natural yep. resources yeah Eagle did that okay gotcha yeah okay Well, that's, that's great. And you're, I mean, I guess, um, have you involved like universities or, uh, scientists in any way to determine the extent of the damage? Yeah. So, um, early on,
0: uh, maybe through the posts and things like that, maybe you've seen his name mentioned, but uh, Devin Bloom. Okay. As, as, Reached out to me early on and together him and I have been working really hard with, with several other people. Um and and he is a uh ecological evolutionary biology PhD professor at West Michigan University.
1: Okay. Wow, that's a good guy yeah. to have on your team. Yeah. And um, he's been a huge,
0: huge help. Uh, we, we both, you know, we both have an incredible amount of experience on the water. But we're both looking at it from two very different perspectives. You know, where he can put hard science of what's going on. And to be absolutely 100% honest, he's better at talking about it than I So when we reach out to these boards trying to get more and more organizations involved,
1: uh, we, we do these meetings together, and they've gone very, very well. Well, um, something about a PhD... So- you know, PhD being on your side gives you a level of credibility that I think maybe just a normal fishing guide by himself probably wouldn't get. You know, I think that there's 100%. probably 100%. an assumption with people like that that sit on the board for an energy company or people that sit on the board for a, a watershed council or people that sit on the board for whatever. You know, you bring a PhD in the room and everybody kind of says, well, at least it's probably based in reality. You know, we're not we're not wasting our time here. You know, we might disagree on some of the finer points, but at least there's going to be, you know, it's based in science, it's based in reality. This is a real type thing. Um, so, yeah, good Absolutely. move. Absolutely. Good move bringing, uh, bringing somebody in like that. So I think that that, that should be a chapter in your, forthcoming uh book uh you know how to give your river a voice by john lee uh you know you know who to have on your team so so good stuff there what um so is there any sort of an estimate on the you know the fish kill or any sort of an estimate that's available on like the extent of the damage how far the plume is reached um, anything like that, that that's being studied or looked at? Yeah, so the Department of Natural Resources has dropped turbidity monitors all over
0: the river. Oh, okay, great. Um, so, you know, this stop has made it down into Lake Michigan. Hmm. Um, the EPA, which was, this was an interesting thing that, that happened, was the EPA um did sampling through there
1: yeah
0: and have refused to release that information their findings and have since pulled all past information on delmas the river offline
1: whoa so um we, you, you know honestly you should be able to get that through like a freedom <laughs> of information act request though You should. Yeah. Um, We're having a really difficult time
0: without one. Uh, As a starting point, we don't really have much at all. We're looking, I mean, the Kalamazoo Nature Center, which has been affected by this, has twice a year for some time um, gone through and done their, their... Insect study. Um, And as far as like water quality or any sort of um, environmental quality issues go, that's like the only back information we would be able to get our hands to. sit there and say, well, before it was like this and now it's like this. Wow. So like fish studies? There's no real
1: base to go off. No, fish studies, no, you know, no turbidity studies by the, by the energy company, nothing like that. Nope. Wow. Yeah. That's unusual. I mean, even, I mean, especially considering the number of environmental and man-made disasters that have occurred on the Kalamazoo, I mean, you would think that there'd be a super fund or there'd be some sort of a, you know, some sort of a project worth monitoring, on the Kalamazoo. I mean, it's almost, it's almost, uh, infamous, if not famous for, you know, having huge fish kills and pollution. So, um, for a long
0: time. Yeah. For a long time.
1: And there's a bunch of you rich know. people that, a, a bunch of rich people that live in Saugatuck that you would think would have an interest in, um, you know, you're calling whoever that they play golf with, and getting getting somebody on the ball here because. Um,
0: well, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a lot of really wealthy people in Kalamazoo Right. That have made their livelihood here, right in Kalamazoo This this community is is responsible for where they're at today and throw,
1: you know, blowing right through the middle of it's the down River. Yeah, it's just it's just strange um, that with all the all the residential stuff along that river that there's no you know, and all the oil spills, all the you know, all the pollution that's gone on in the river that they're not they're not monitoring monitoring the quality level, you know, the quality <laughs> levels of the river um in that middle section. It's it's kind of bizarre. Um, well, it is, it is, it is, it is like you
0: said earlier, it is just a warm, long water fishery. Right, yeah. You know, mind so. you, mind you, if this was some world now, you know, steelhead fishery, trout fishery, something like that, I right. mean, you better believe, you know, people would be up in arms about, you know, um, but it's just smallmouth bass. It's uh yeah. It takes a little bit more. It takes a little bit more and the further I go down this this road that I've been on, the further and further and further further I've gotten away from listen, there could be a bunch of dead past here. And that's really gonna suck. It's it's been more about the the bigger picture of the environmental issues going on and you know just as well as i do with those environmental issues in check that's when
1: you get your fishery. sure absolutely yeah so what what do the next steps look like for you guys john i mean who you know what are you uh, what are you doing about all of this next So we're continuing to work on organizations,
0: officials, politicians, that kind of stuff to get their public support for for change and for clean water. Um, If at any point in this, Eagle Creek Renewable Energy, the owners of the dam, you know, take a stance and decide to play hard on any any issue whatsoever will need more and more public support and out, you know, public weight coming to the table to uh, yeah. say that's not acceptable. So we've been working on the, uh, you know, Trout Unlimited actually reached out to me before I reach out to them. And, have publicly come forward and issued letters and made phone calls, um, yeah, and support of this. Um, Good, well, you we- know, again, back to the bigger picture: the bass, fishery, trout, is the clean water issue, and. Um, there's been challenges with that. You know, it doesn't seem everybody wants to hop on board um, with this, which is baffling to say out loud that uh, it's
1: been a real issue getting people involved. Right. And now what do you um, – what does success look like, though? I mean, do does success look like them no longer needing another year to finish their dam repairs and now – you know, finishing finishing them within the month, you know, finishing them within six months. I mean, what's the, I guess, what's the plan for them to stop the immediate harm? And then how, have there been deadlines put on what they're supposed to do to mitigate the damages that they've caused? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, so they have, they have 10 days to come up with a plan of action oh, and wow. uh, 30, days to, 30 days to get it.
1: Get it going oh good well wow, that's that's pretty quick well, that's great and then has there been any sort of acknowledgement from the power company uh, that there was wrongdoing that they're going to um, you know that they're gonna cease and desist i mean any any sort of acknowledgement like that or are you still kind of in that waiting period
0: No, no, the best that we've been able to get is you know the very run of the mill Um, we're working with officials, regulatory agencies to
1: make sure this goes correctly and blah, 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 blah. A carefully crafted, Um, a carefully crafted letter from, a, you know, (laughs) from obviously a team of people. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's been about the very best so
0: far that, um, anybody has been able to get from them. Um, as far as publicly coming forward and saying, yeah, listen, we messed up. We're here to put the first foot forward to make it right. Uh, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna take some work and that's what I've been working on now. I, like I said before, I'm not going to stop until I get accountability. Um, they need to be held responsible, uh, uh, and a, a bigger message sent that, that a private company profiting off of a public resource with no accountability. To it. Right.
1: Um, yeah. Very, and, very good stuff. I mean, what, um, so how do you need people's help right now? What can what can people do, you know, to pitch in a hand, um, to contribute the, you know, their labor, um, you know who should who should they link up with? So the,
0: uh, the the contact for the Michigan Department of Natural Resources is Matt Diana. His telephone number is two six nine nine one zero. 0157. And he is um, on every, he's on our side of getting this thing, getting this thing taken care of. And he's been working really hard. Um, and he's the one sitting down, sitting down at the table. Sure. Each time. Each time, more and more, uh, uh, documentation of people calling in, voicing their concerns, who they are, where they're from. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a special
1: place and I uh, need to
0: voice right now.
1: Well, hopefully it remains a special place. Um. And I think it might, you know, do in part to the, to the voice that you've given it, and to the to the labor that you've given it, and, you know, it's a kind of a cool thing to me, uh, to see somebody who makes their livelihood on the river, you know, who, uh, to whom the river has given quite a bit, it's nice to see you giving something back to the river and. Uh, Giving something back uh, in the way, in the only way that you can, and it seems to be something significant that you're giving back, which is, uh, you know, uh, as we've said, a voice because it needs it. So uh, I applaud you, Enjoy. and I, you know, I, I, I think that uh, it's going to be something that you look back on, and and I think you'll be very happy that you um, did what you did. And for all the listeners, I would encourage you to go follow John on uh, social media. John Lee, he's on Facebook, or you can get on his Instagram at Kalamazoo. That's K-A-L-L-A-M-A-Z-O-O, River Guide. Um, and John is J-O-N, Lee. Uh, go follow him so you can kind of keep updated with what's going on. Because, and, and also, you can take a look at some of the pictures. And on the On the show, like when I post this episode, I'll post the pictures of before and after, just so you guys can see it. I mean, for instance, John put a picture up of the area that he launches his boat uh, from a park downstream of Comstock Dam. And uh, he posted a picture from last year and a picture of this year. And you can see on the bank that there's just, you know, what looks like several inches of black you know, pond bottom muck, just pasted onto the riverbanks. Um, so, you know, I, I really appreciate your time, John. And, um, I know that you're not doing a ton of guiding. So, you know, normally I would refer people to you to, um, go out and do some fishing, but, um, do you have any fishing? I mean, are you doing saltwater trips this year? Is that the plan? Are you, um, are you going to do some other yeah. type of guiding? Are you guiding at all?
0: I'm not. I'm not guiding at all. I, I've canceled my whole season. Um, you know, and I've been putting all my time and energy into this. And the place has been good to be. The place is uh, uh, born and raised locally here. And to me, it's it's really special and it's been, it's been amazing to me and to all the people that I've had fishing here from all over the country. I just can't be in good conscience while it's hurting like this, just walk away, uh, not having done or at least tried to do something. So, yeah, uh, I'm gonna pack up. I'm gonna pack up. Um, mid November or so and then get back to the southwest Florida. Yeah. And, um, and, and go from, go from there.
1: Uh, yeah. It's such so a, such now, a strange, as of now
0: it's just, just this.
1: Yeah. It's a strange year for all of us and an even stranger year for you. So, um, you know, our thoughts are with you and I think that, you know, um, I think everybody should, you know, reach out and, and lend a helping hand where we can. And, uh, you know, I hope that, you know, people hearing this have at least kind of got a little bit of an idea of what to do. Um, maybe even, you know, reach out to John. I'm sure he would kind of point you in the right direction, you know, if something like this happened on your local flows. So, again, thanks a lot, amazing. John. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the show, and uh, we know we've always appreciated the stuff that you've put out on social media, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we hope that you're able to accomplish everything that you want up there, and that hopefully in uh, five years you've got a, a fishery worth visiting, so uh, thanks a lot Good again, afternoon. and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you later on, John. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. That was episode 54 of Smalley Talk Podcast. Again, this was your host, Chris Vaughn. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Smalley Talk Podcast, or you can uh, look us up on Facebook at Smalley Talk Podcast. Um, leave us a five-star review on Insta- or on iTunes. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and as always, Free the fight.